0: Welcome to Capital Close-Up. I'm your host, Paul Hodes. We're broadcast on WKXL, AM, and FM, streamed live at nhtalkradio.com, and we are podcast wherever in the known universe. You can find your podcasts. Visit our website at beyondpoliticspodcast.com. Become a subscriber. Become a fan. Like us. You can visit our archived shows and have a wonderful time. Well, we are talking today about some legislation that is federal legislation that has a very, very important impact uh, in New Hampshire. And I mean, it's stuff that nobody's talking about. We're focused in the news on insurrection and whether the Republican senators will or won't stand up for their country. Answer, they won't. And all kinds of things. But some of the most important and impressive federal legislation of all time has recently been passed with a profound importance. Uh, The passage of the American Rescue Plan increases health and financial security for everybody in New Hampshire and around the country. It provides all kinds of relief and aid for the state, for municipalities, for schools, and it's got all kinds of very important initiatives, and it is the first in a series of planned big programs that will make life better for all Americans and those in the Granite State. Uh, I'm joined by three guests today, Zandra Rice-Hawkins, the Director of Granite State Progress, Um, uh, and uh, covering New Hampshire, Leah Cohen, who is the Media and Digital Engagement Coordinator for Granite State Progress. And Granite State Progress is a terrific organization that works year-round to engage citizens from across the state around issues of immediate state or local concern. The mission is to provide a strong, credible voice In advancing progressive solutions to critical community problems and boy with republican control of our government in new hampshire do we ever need credible voices in advancing progressive solutions our third guest is christina d'alessandro who is the state director of moms rising for new hampshire in a short time Moms Rising has grown to over 1 million members and Moms Rising takes on the most critical issues facing women, mothers and families by educating the public and mobilizing massive grassroots action. So, uh, I'm really thrilled to have all of you here on Capital Closeup and I think I'll start with Zandra. Tell us a little bit, give us an overview About the American rescue plan. Why is it such a big deal? Why isn't anybody talking about it? And, but what does it, what does it, what does it sort of mean? Give us, give us the, give us the gestalt.
1: <laughs> well, first, thank you for having us on the program today, and we're really excited to talk about uh, the American Rescue Plan, plus a couple of other um, packages that Congress is debating that the Biden-Harris administrations put forward. But first, let's start with the American Rescue Plan, which, um, as you mentioned at the top, we, you know, will increase the health and financial security for granite staters. This is a tremendous package um, and it really is going to not only create um, short-term solutions for some of the most pressing crises facing families coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, but really lay the groundwork for long-term change around healthcare, around childcare, community infrastructure and more. And it's uh, the cornerstone of the Biden and Harris administration's commitment to build back better. Um, many people are familiar with the stimulus checks uh, that were part of this package that many people have received already in their bank accounts. But we also have a whole wave of other programs um, that can help uh, families. So things like rental assistance, um, the child tax credit that my colleague Christina will talk about, Um, Lauren health insurance premiums. This is a piece that Grant State Progress has worked on a lot. So um, the Biden-Harris administration has uh, created a special enrollment period for the Affordable Care Act. It um, started on April 1st. It runs through August 15th. And so this is a time if somebody um, didn't enroll last November for a marketplace plan, either because they weren't sure about their income, they were between jobs, they just were busy and didn't have an opportunity to to sign up, um, usually you would have to have a qualifying life event to be able to enroll in coverage. Right now we have a special enrollment period and what makes it even better is under the American Rescue Plan, there is increased financial assistance for families. So a couple of highlights. If you were on unemployment at any point during 2021, you can get a marketplace plan uh, without um, any premium cost to you. If you um, were, if you had to go on COBRA, the American Rescue Plan provides options to be able to help with those payments because COBRA is a great way to continue the health care plan you had, but it also um, can be. Pretty expensive. Usually, you'd have the employer and the employee paying into it. Under the American Rescue Plan, we've got relief for families, um, very similar to how Congress passed that back in 2009, 2010 under the American Rescue, or I'm sorry, the American uh, Recovery and Reinvestment Plan. So this is a this is a tactic, and as you know, um, it has been really helpful for families in the past. Um, we have uh, increased um, eligibility for premium assistance under the Affordable Care Act. So, um, maybe you were just making just a little bit too much to qualify for um, some of the financial subsidies in the past. You should look again because you could qualify now. And we have this wonderful story of um, uh, of a woman who was paying just over four hundred dollars a month for her health care plan. After the American Rescue Plan passed, she went back, she um, reentered her uh, information and now she's getting that plan for just over $100 a month. And four out of five people actually qualify for a $10 a month plan. So we are encouraging folks, if you don't have health insurance, to go look at this option um, and these new opportunities available. And if you already have health insurance, go back and reevaluate because you actually may be eligible for more financial savings now, even if you haven't had anything change in your life circumstances. But these are all pieces of the American Rescue Plan that are really benefiting families. And um, I'll stop there so we can move on to a couple of the other pieces, but just an, an incredible opportunity to get people back on their feet, but also going forward, we want to make sure some of these provisions continue long term, which is what some of these other federal packages would do, like the American Jobs Plan, the American Families Plan, and then how we pay for it, the Made in America tax plan.
0: You know, sticking with the provision, uh, the healthcare provisions of the American Rescue Plan, it's really what you've just outlined is really important for people to know. And I don't think that it has been highlighted enough. It's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you all on on the show. I mean, if we think about it, um, I, you know, I voted for Obamacare in 2010, ran for the U.S. Senate, got clobbered because nobody, nobody, uh, they, they thought I was guilty of dereliction of duty by trying to bring health care, health care to people. It wasn't perfect, but it was uh, a pretty good start. And over the ensuing years, the Republicans tried to kill it. Every possible way they could and and didn't succeed. And this, the provisions in the American Rescue Plan, are a, are startling in the breadth of what they now provide uh, for healthcare. Especially, um, I'm especially excited to hear about uh, the uh, the assistance for those who may have been unemployed uh, at any period of time. And and I will just point out to folks that. Number one, oh yeah, we've had this pandemic. So um uh healthcare, I think, ought to be really important to people. And the other thing that I I'll just bring up now is um I just t- spoke to a doctor in New Hampshire who has treated over the past few days 31 cases of a of flu, not COVID, that um seem to be arising because we've taken our masks off. So while we didn't have a flu season, um, who knows what what awaits. So folks, if you need health care and you need insurance, now's the time to take a look. So let's turn um, to uh, Christina to talk a little bit about some of the other provisions that are really important to families and kids.
2: Thank you so much, Paul, and thanks again for having us on the show today. I think it's really exciting to be able to talk about you know, all of the amazing things and the differences this is going to make in the lives of families. In particular, I want to focus on some of the tax changes, in particular the child tax credit, which has the potential to lift just so many children out of poverty. This is going to be delivered as a direct payment back to families. $300 if you have a child under the age of six. Um, two hundred fifty dollars a month if you have a child between, um, sorry, six and seventeen. This is direct money into people's pockets, and we expect those checks will hopefully start to show up um, up for folks in July, and that is just amazing. Prior to this, there were a number of really low-income families who could not uh, utilize this tax credit. It has now become accessible to them, and it has become fully refundable, which we think that is. Just a super exciting and amazing thing that is putting once again the trust right back um, into families and the choice from the financial decisions they need to make right back where they squarely belong in the hands of the families who understand their needs. So um, that provision was put in the American rescue plan for one year. Um, We are certainly excited that discussion is continuing, and we are speaking to our delegation and various other folks in decision making positions about making that permanent. And as we see that rolled out, I think there is going to be even more support for that tax change. Another key critical investment in this American Rescue Plan is the investment in child care. If the pandemic showed us anything, it showed us the incredible need for um, high quality, affordable child care for families. If we're going to have families at work and kids in healthy and safe environments, this seventy seven million is split out into a few packages, but it's both allowing for relief and support to a childcare sector that has suffered, that is predominantly staffed by women, earning wages that often are not commensurate with the high quality and important work that they're doing. Um, The other aspect of this is really about building a stronger system. So we have childcare dollars to stabilize and childcare dollars that are gonna hopefully build and grow the system so that childcare will be stronger and more resilient. But I think it's important we also see that the dollars in the American Rescue Plan are a really important down payment on the need, the support that we need to offer this sector going forward. So um, we are super excited that we think um, this is a solid bipartisan support in supporting childcare. We have a lot of bills that are currently being discussed in Congress, and we look forward to making, once again, these increased investments into these essential services which benefit women, which benefit families and which benefit children, essentially a win win win. We need to make these long term permanent changes that give the investment that relates back to the value that they give for all of us. They value for workers, you know, value for employers. I know my workers are going to be there and I'm creating a high quality workforce, value for families, and once again, value for kids. So we're super excited about those changes. Um, we were slightly disappointed we didn't see paid family medical leave in this package, we think that's another really essential aspect of providing a full sort of continuum of care for families. There are some flexible dollars in the American Rescue Plan that can be utilized for this, um, while we continue to sort of advocate and make the case for a longer term solution for families.
0: Well, we're certainly up against it with paid family leave in New Hampshire. I mean, it just talking politically for a moment. Uh, what what we saw in the 2020 down ballot elections in New Hampshire, where the Republicans took over the House, the Senate, the Executive Council, um, and now control all the levers of our government, with predictable results. I mean, they're they're uh, trying to make sure that um, more more people can uh, use dangerous firearms, that women uh, are uh, subjugated uh, to the patriarchal views of men who want to control their bodies, um, among, among other things. And, and one way the Republicans won was by labeling Democratic uh, initiatives for paid family leave as taxes. Um, it's the old saw in New Hampshire, and unfortunately, um, it worked. But I will say that the provisions uh, for the child tax credit and the enhanced uh, support for child care in this bill are really groundbreaking it's a it's a it's a it's a long-awaited awakening on the part of the federal government of the need to um, to to put investment where it counts early on for families and working people uh, and children because there are many, there are multiple benefits um, for childcare. And it's essential, as you say, for a productive workforce to know that they have a safe place for their kids to go. Um, Without that, you're not going to have a productive workforce, you're not going to have a happy workforce. um, And for too long, um, we have given lip service in this country to caring about children and families. uh, And this plan for the first time really puts some muscle um, behind caring for kids and caring for families instead of merely lip service. Um, So Leah, you're, you're, you're the marketing guru here. You're the strategic (laughs) communications. uh, You're the strategic communications mastermind you know, that's a bit of an yeah,
3: overstatement. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: so here we are. I mean, we are radio, we, we were, we're now on radio, and we're podcast all over the universe, people on Mars are, you know, hearing the podcast, and it's, it's, it's getting out there far and wide. What are some of the messages that you think are really important, the kind of basic, important messages um, uh, that, that, Uh, go along with the American Rescue Plan and and how it will impact fate, uh, state and federal budgets?
3: Well, I have not poll tested for how these messages play for Martians, so I can only speak to how these messages play for Granite Staters. But um, what I think is so interesting is we're looking at a very stark contrast right now between the national government uh, the federal government and the state government. And it does not make New Hampshire look very good. Unfortunately, the Biden administration is moving forward with these bold structural overhauls that will flush out our economy. They're very popular. He has plans to pay for it. The American Rescue Plan, the American Families Plan, the Made in America Tax Plan, the American Jobs Plan. And we have some great polling from Data for Progress, um, which we're very thankful for that shows these policies and these changes to our economic system pull exceedingly well across the political spectrum. Even uh, plans from the Biden administration enjoy averages of 30 to 40 percent of popularity amongst self-identified Republicans. And if you self-identify as a Republican in New Hampshire, then you are a Republican because a lot of them are independents. So we're seeing that these policies are extremely popular, even in a very, very partisan environment, in a very hyper-polarized environment. And we're also seeing these changes that are really geared towards um, a movement of equity, ending the Hyde Amendment, Um, the American Made in America tax plan, ensuring that corporations are paying their fair share and we're bailing out working families. Whereas the Sununu administration here in New Hampshire is really regressing us with tax cuts for the wealthy, downshifting to working class homeowners, voucher programs we can't pay for, policies that are extremely unpopular, like this abortion ban, they just stuck in the budget. And the sign-ins for that bill from the public were outnumbered uh, favorable sign-ins, opposition sign-ins outnumbered the favorable, six to one. And Pew research shows that Abortion access in New Hampshire pulls higher here than the national average. And they're instituting this new ban on um, speech in schools that we can't talk about racism anymore, extremely unpopular. And the school voucher program, the sign-ins for that as well, six to one, opposition to favor, and we also can't pay for it. So we're seeing these really popular policies across the political spectrum that are really you know, bipartisan at the federal level and at the state level, an extremely hyperpartisan, far-right, unpopular agenda being pushed. And it's a very interesting contrast. So I think that that's a big thing that we have to be talking about, is who did we choose to represent us? You know, the people in New Hampshire elected this sort of Bipartisan government elected Democrats at the federal level and Republicans at the state level. And we have to sort of see which one is representing the interests of Granite Staters. And all of the polling and recent activity in New Hampshire suggests it's the Biden administration and not the New administration.
0: Um, Well, you know, elections have consequences. And uh, 2020, um, the 2020 election uh, is highly consequential. Um, The good here's the good news. The good news is Biden and Harris are 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 running are running the White House. And Mm -hmm. good news for New Hampshire is we have a Democratic federal delegation. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: The challenging news is that uh, the Republicans in power are doing everything they can for the 2022 election to turn that around. Uh, we're gonna be facing at some point redistricting. Um, uh, it's, it looks like the governor is gonna run for Maggie Hassan's Senate seat. Um, I mean, things, things are are quite chaotic, as you say. Um, I'm, I'm partners with a state rep in a, a solar business, and she's telling me what's going on in the New Hampshire legislature is outrageous. Uh, The committees who are working on these kinds of regressive bills are not listening to the people who are um, speaking. So uh, that it's going to require persistence and patience and an awful lot of education of the voters. And I'm hoping that this show is part of that. <laughs> Let me just let's highlight uh, a few of the other provisions uh, in the uh, uh, American Rescue Plan uh, for this segment, and and then we'll come back. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, some of the other plans that are and 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 programs that are coming up. But um, one of the things in 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 this plan, the American Rescue Plan, is. Ah, uh, three hundred and sixty-two point two million dollars in relief for schools. Um, how is that uh, coming to New Hampshire, and what will it do for New Hampshire, Zandra?
1: Yeah, so schools got a lot of money to help support um, some of the changes they still need to make coming out of COVID-19. We also have, um, you know, the reality is we had a lot of shifting around of attendance over the past year. So we're going to have school districts that not only have had to make changes due to COVID-19 for spacing, for air ventilation, for PPE for um, educators, staff, and students, but also um, you know, we're gonna have to make some changes at the state and federal level about how our schools are funded because a lot of times it's based on a per pupil um, contribution and the the attendance has ebbed and flowed over the course of the last year. So we're very thankful that there's gonna be some, uh, or that there is dedicated funding for um, school districts to be able to use those dollars to help replenish and to make the changes they need.
0: This is Capital Close-Up. I'm your host, Paul Hodes on WKXL AM and FM. We're streamed live at nhtalkradio.com. We are talking with Zandra Rice-Hawkins. We're talking with Leah Cohen and Christina D'Alessandro from Granite State Progress and Moms Rising about the American Rescue Plan, the groundbreaking investments that the Biden-Harris administration is going to make in remaking America, supporting families and children in really important ways. Let's just talk for a moment about the American Families Plan. And Christina, I think I'll 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 turn it over to you um, uh, with Moms Rising uh, because I know Moms Rising focuses on issues around families and women and 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 kids. And why is the American Families Plan, which has a lot to do, it seems to me, with um, some tax changes. Why is that so important to New Hampshire families?
2: Well, I think the, um, the American Families Plan really takes the work that was started in the American Rescue Plan and invests in it over the long term. So it really takes all of the sort of changes that we've started, to, that are starting to roll out, and is going to then put them in a place where we can really rely on them with a sense of permanency going forward. It will take the tax changes and take them from one year and make them longer term. It will take the investment that we've seen in important areas like childcare and make that commitment over multiple years so that we can really rely upon these dollars as we look to build and change the systems. When you look at the needs of families, I think, Or the needs of children. Children exist within families, and we know what kind of policies are going to work to increase the economic viability of families and the long term stability. These are things which allow them to get the supports they need, like affordable, high quality childcare, which allows them to go to work, feel positive about the work that they're doing because their children are supported, and those children are better prepared for the future. It's tax changes which take Um, those dollars and give them back into the hands of the people who need them and tax those at at different points in the system who can afford it. It really takes that investment and puts it where we believe we collectively share priorities. So for New Hampshire families, this is going to look like more money into the pockets of our low and middle income families, and it is going to look like real investment in those systems and systems that are going to support them.
0: So what's really critical it strikes me is that uh, if we think about the tax trump um the the trump tax cut of 2017 which was trillions of dollars um 83 cents of every dollar went to the very wealthy um and really skewed even further the incredible wealth gap in this country uh we saw that uh, you know the top 50 billionaires um uh, are, earned um, or, or gained over a trillion dollars in wealth just during uh, the time of the pandemic. And this um, American Families Plan would, would really begin to reverse that by simply re- having people pay their fair share. Uh, it would raise Um, tax revenue from the wealthy. No one making $400,000 or less would face higher tax bills and the wealthy and corporations would simply pay their fair share of taxes. Because let's remember, folks, that Jeff Bezos and Amazon paid exactly zero in taxes to the federal government. Well, I don't know about you, but um, a lot of us were are paying a lot more than zero in our federal taxes. We're all we're all part of society, and we all have to pitch in and pay our fair share. And the uh, uh, these these kinds of changes are supported by the majority of Americans. Now let's talk about the jobs plan. Zandra, Leia, who wants to take it and talk about the important? Uh, features of the American Jobs Plan, which focuses on infrastructure, jobs, 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 and all I'll say to get us going is that when we tried healthcare back in 2010, I begged the White House, "Don't call it a healthcare plan; just say it's a jobs plan." <laughs> jobs, jobs is a magic word, and Biden says it all the time. Give him great credit. So, what's what's going on with the American Jobs Plan?
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and take this and then um, we'll have Leah talk about how we're going to fund some of these priorities. So, um, you know, your guidance has definitely been heard by the Biden-Harris administration because they do talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. And what's so exciting about the American Jobs Plan is how it takes some of the uh, priorities and investments of American Rescue Plan, American Families Plan, and um, connects it to some of the long-term infrastructure change we need to make sure that um, those priorities can be realized, but in a way that also um, creates jobs in our country and um, and provides good jobs, good jobs with benefits. So a couple of things um, for the impact in New Hampshire, for example, um, roads and bridges, we have 215 bridges and just under 700 miles of highway, they're in poor condition, um, the American jobs plan is devoting more than $600 billion to transform our nation's transportation infrastructure and another, um, or that includes $115 billion specifically to repair roads and bridges. So you can imagine how many um, jobs that will create just across the nation, just fixing what already is in place and making sure that that infrastructure um, is maintained and here for the long term. Public transportation is another aspect that we're extremely excited about. Um, And this one also gets a little bit of equity issues. Um, If you look at how much time people uh, spend who use public transportation, it's so a lot more time um, commuting, and um, non-white households are 2.1 times more likely to commute via public transportation. But we haven't really made, um, at least in New Hampshire, the investments we need to really make sure that public transportation is strong, it's accessible, um, that it that it doesn't put additional burdens for time and cost on the individuals who use it, um, and that there's incentives for others, uh, other users, to also use that transportation. And the American Jobs plan modernizes our public transit with an $85 billion investment. And then housing is is certainly an issue here in New Hampshire. Um, We have an incredible lack of affordable housing, of workplace housing, and um, we need to increase our housing supply um, as part of the way to address that affordable housing crisis. And President Biden has proposed investing over $200 billion to do just that. Uh, One other piece I'll mention uh, is broadband access. So we're all very aware that the COVID-19 pandemic um, led to a lot of remote work, a lot of remote school, but what happened to those families who didn't have um, reliable internet access to be able to do that? And 62% of Granite Staters live in areas where there's only one internet provider, 5% of Granite Staters live in an area where there's no broadband infrastructure that meets um, minimally accepted speeds. And that is really um, something that creates a setback in the workplace and in the school setting, even outside of COVID when um, you know, it, when people need to be able to access those resources for learning or work, they're really at a disadvantage. And so the American Jobs Plan invests $100 billion to bring universal, reliable, high-speed internet um, coverage to every family in America. And that is something that will create jobs, but will also help people sustain jobs and improve educational, educational opportunities.
0: So when I pick up the newspaper and I see news that there are negotiations going on, that the Republicans are are offering some compromise. and everybody expects this to be, well they, every, everybody wants it to be bipartisan, but, but Biden's at 1.8 and the Republicans are at 700 and the numbers are flying back and forth. Are we talking about negotiations over the American jobs plan?
1: we're talking about negotiations over everything. And, you know, it is great to have bipartisan support, and we certainly want to get to that place. But we cannot water down the proposals that we know need to happen to improve lives for uh, families in our nation. Um, We need big, bold, structural change. And if there's anything, anything at all the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us (laughs) is that we're stronger together when we work as a community, when we come together. But we also have inequities that need to be resolved. And it's either a lot of people who are being left behind right now, there are families that are struggling. Uh, Talk about, I mean, one of the reasons we work so closely with Moms Rising is that they are doing so much work to support um, working families and particularly moms. child care crisis that is looming you know we had a lot of child care centers that were underfunded um, under underpaid to begin with and now we're going back into a situation where many of those have closed over the past year it's going to take big bold structural change to be able to move us just back to where we were to begin with, but really to make those investments we need so that every family is starting to be on more firm footing um, because it shouldn't take a pandemic for us to realize uh, the, the challenges facing so many people in our country. Let
0: me briefly reflect this back to you. I'm a baby boomer. I was born in 1951. That's a long time ago. And Right after World War II, we invested in America's infrastructure. We invested in a highway system. Um, we grew this country. We had stable employment and we had grew a strong middle class. Um, and then over the past 50 or 60 years, um, we underfunded all kinds of those investments in our infrastructure and in um, equity, frankly, equity and equality. This groundbreaking plan uh, begins to restore the balance to America that we have sorely missed over the past uh, let, uh, I mean basically over my lifetime. It for the first time, we are able with this to look ahead, to a 21st century infrastructure because the infrastructure of the 21st century is not just our roads and bridges and not just our public transportation, but it is a transition to decarbonization and dealing with climate change that is all about jobs. It's creating new industries and new jobs um, in a new era, and the infrastructure of today you know is is a new electrical grid it's an, it's broadband those are the highways of the 21st century broadband is the 21st century highway system and in new hampshire we are way behind we got a c minus on our infrastructure report card we tout we tout our infrastructure And we think we're going to attract people to the ski resorts if our roads are in good shape. Well, folks, guess again, our roads are not in that good shape. And there's no real public transportation system in New Hampshire. This plan begins to deal with some of that. It's really critical stuff. So uh, Leah, Christina, whichever one of you wants to jump in or both of you, you can don't talk at once. Um, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about paying for all these investments, because, you know, investing in the future doesn't come cheap. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will say, wait a second, you're just gonna tax the job creators here. You're gonna try to drive the job creators out of out of business and job creators go go down. Well, nobody's gonna be employed or have jobs. Why are you why are you punishing? You're planning to punish the <laughs> wealthier, you're, you're socialists. This is just socialism. That's what this is. It's socialism come to roost here in the White House. And I, and I can't take it. I'm an American, and uh, socialism. <laughs> I, I'm not for socialism. So how's, how are we going to pay for it, and and why should we pay for it?
3: Well, I find uh, your accent very entertaining, and another thing I find very entertaining is this notion that we might punish the wealthy by asking them to pay money that they have in excess so that people don't go homeless and so that people have food on the table and public education and public utilities that we can all benefit from. But what I really think it comes down to is this notion of healthcare versus wealth care. And by healthcare, I mean a very broad sense because a healthy society really isn't just predicated on one item like insurance or drug prices, although that is a huge part of it. Um, but healthy is in people can put food on the table, they have strong public education, they have roads that you can drive on and bridges that don't collapse, productive conversations about a multiracial democracy, et cetera. Um, and a healthy economy in order to have that kind of healthcare, uh, we need to stop prioritizing wealth care. Are keeping all the riches to the chosen few. So take, for example, drug companies. Drug companies were given massive federal contracts to produce the vaccines. And, and we're all very grateful for vaccines. I know I've loved being able to reconnect with friends and get out more. And, and everyone listening to this, I hope you take advantage of the fact that vaccinations are free and go get vaccinated. Um, but Pfizer hasn't paid federal taxes on those contracts. And they're projected to make 26 billion on the COVID vaccine alone this year, and 70 billion in total, almost entirely from raising drug prices. And the Trump tax plan slashed the corporate tax rate on domestic profits by 40%. And they gave these drug corporations an estimated total of 8.2 billion in tax cuts in 2018 alone. And that comes from our friends at the American uh, Americans for Tax Fairness, um, which we're so grateful for them for having done this work and dug into these numbers. And so activists have been fighting for a lot of things on healthcare, prescription drug reform, Medicare negotiations for drug prices, expanded ACA eligibility, and we're winning. And the Biden um, propositions raise these tax, these corporate tax rates from 21% to 28% and increase offshore tax rates by from 11% to 21%, and altogether, the Biden plan would raise over $2 trillion just from corporate tax increases. And the Biden plan also raises $700 billion by closing the IRS enforcement gap, which lets corporations and wealthy people off the hook for taxes every year because the IRS just lacks the manpower and funding to enforce the law from being defunded. So we're raising all this money from excess, which is What I think is so striking is that there are so many Americans who struggle every day just to get by, just to put food on the table and clothe their kids and put keep a roof over the head. Meanwhile, folks like Jeff Bezos, CEO of these big pharma companies, these executives, make tons of money off the manpower of these everyday working class Americans and then don't pay their taxes and have tons lying around in excess. So the Biden tax plan is all about tax. Fairness and about making sure that everyone in America has a fair shot. And that's really important for addressing structural inequity, historical inequity, and the ways in which some people in our society have been left behind by the American economy prioritizing wealth care over health care. So we can pay for it. (laughs) And um, it's funny too, because we can pay for all these things by taxing the rich. Meanwhile, here in New Hampshire, Sununu is cutting the business profits tax, cutting the business enterprise tax. That's gonna benefit 76 multinational corporations that have operations in New Hampshire. That's not gonna benefit small business owners. It's basically pennies. That's gonna benefit these giant corporations that profit off of granite state labor. And it's going to cut our revenues by ridiculous amounts. We already can barely pay for the roads, the bridges, the schools, municipal infrastructure, and we're just throwing money back at the rich.
0: Well, let let me not be cynical, but um, just (laughs) imagine what that does for the campaign coffers of a candidate for the United States Senate when he then can go and visit the offices of 76 multinational corporations and say, look what I did for you in New Hampshire. Just imagine what I can do for you as a senator in Washington, D.C.
3: And the worst part about that is that while he's shaking hands with these 76 CEOs, average working class Granite State families will have to pay more in property tax to support our public education because they're cutting taxes that support education and they're instituting the school voucher program that's going to divert tons of public dollars into private education, religious education, charter schools that aren't subject to federal anti-discrimination laws and aren't subject to any sort of standard. And your taxes are going to go up while the executives' taxes go down. That's crazy. How is that any way to run an effective, functioning society? I mean, they're they're cutting the statewide education property tax, so you're just going to pay more municipal taxes, and it's just going to further the inequity gaps between property-rich towns and property-poor towns. So there's going to be lots of executives that live in these wealthy towns like Wolfboro and Moultonboro, and their tax increases pennies to them, but folks in Rochester and Plastow and Manchester are going to have even worse underfunded schools, and their already burdensome property taxes are going to be crippling. Christina
0: Alessandro, doing. I want to turn to you to talk about the impact of these investments on women, and why it's important, and why it's important to women in the workforce. Um, we have a short time, but, but it, this is really important because women uh frankly are the backbone of our families they remain they're they're the folks who've got to take care of the kids and do all the other jobs and they keep on doing it um what's the story
2: you know i think that the critical point here is just to say the pandemic um we were all in the same boat but our boats were really affected differently and i think it's critical to note that the disproportionate impact on women and in particular black and brown women was huge 3 million women left the workforce during the pandemic. And they did so because many of these women were balancing caregiving responsibilities for their really young children and often for their aging parents. We know the policies that help these families, that help these women to get to re-enter the workforce, to stay in the workforce and to feel like they're supporting their families. We're at a really critical time where we could jump forward many years and and finally adopt the policies that we know work for families, or we could fall back. And I think that is critical. And that is why understanding these policy proposals that are on the table, looking across at the incredible public support that a lot of these policy approaches um, have, both from Granite Staters and across this country, and the fact that we have an opportunity to really move things forward. Balance that with the fact that in the absence of these policy changes, in the absence of these commitments, we could set back um, women and families' years. So critical times that I really hope we can all rally to make the changes that we know that people support and what we know work for families.
0: This is Capital Close Up. I'm your host, Paul Hodes. We've been talking with Xandra Rice Hawkins and Leah Cohen of Granite State Progress and Christina Dalessandro of Mom's Rising. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your advocacy. Don't stop. Keep it up. We'll see you next week.